we're at a day of reckoning or a moment of reckoning where business leaders have to do some internal reflection and ask themselves, have we really done all we can to break down some of the systemic barriers and structures that are in place where Black professionals don't feel they have the same opportunities as their counterparts? Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea, not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. This week, I've had the honor to talk with Tracy Renee Williams. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Daughter, speaker, sister, facilitator, auntie, coach, godmommy, and change maker. Tracy Renee Williams is the vice president of learning and development and the head of Valence Bonds for Valence Bonds Community where she is leading the design and launch of a member-based peer community that helps Black professionals realize their full potential as business and cultural leaders. Building upon Valence's mission of creating new paths to professional success, Valence Bonds helps each member navigate his, her, or their individualized journey via thought leadership, conscious dialogue, and peer accountability. Tracy recently began a three-year tenure as president of the Texas Christian University National Alumni Board and ex-officio member of the TCU Board of Trustees. She has the distinct honor of being the first Black alum to hold this position. Be prepared to be inspired by the work that Tracy is doing and the long-term impact that it will have. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us on You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I just love that we can partner together. I can tell people how we know each other. We used to work at the same organization, and I had the honor of having you on my team. And um, I just saw your career blossom, and you were just a rock star then, and you're a rock star now. So I'm so happy that we're able to partner now on this. Thanks so much. It was amazing working on your team. And I tell people all the time how much I appreciate you as a leader. So thank you. I'm glad we get a chance to partner. 
on this as well. I'm excited about your new venture and um, we're both in new ventures. <laughs> so this is, this is great. We are, we are. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? What's your story? Absolutely. I think my story starts when as a little girl, I used to be known as one of the quietest people in our family, which a lot of people today would never would think I was lying um, when I say that. But I was very, very shy and very quiet. However, uh, when I was in middle school and high school, I discovered theater and specifically one act play and UIL prose and poetry and really got involved in those different activities. And I used that as kind of the starting point where I feel like I was able to find my voice as an individual um, through those activities. And you'd be surprised or I know I was surprised at how that um, getting involved in those activities really played a role in my career path later, because as I did more and more in prose and poetry and speech competitions, et cetera, I decided when I went to college that I'm going to combine my love of sports and public speaking and become a sportscaster. That was the end all be all goal for me. And I started out as a journalism major. However, in school, I took one communication course called interpersonal communication, and it completely changed my life. That professor changed my life, um, actually, and was a significant uh, part of me moving into the training and development space. So I really didn't know how I was going to use a communication studies degree. I just knew that I needed to go in that direction of understanding how people communicate and what makes effective communication and how people can craft messages that they are able to distribute and disseminate to one-on-one or one-to-many. So after graduation, I always feel like things kind of just fell into place after graduation where I ended up being hired by a nonprofit company um, organization and they needed someone to design a training program for middle school students on the effects of club drugs and other illicit drugs that we were having a problem with in the community that I was working in. So let's go back. Sportscaster turned, you know, into <laughs> studies. And now I'm designing a training program for middle school students. But I felt like at some point I would be able to utilize what I learned as a communication studies major through going into classrooms, et cetera. So I felt like that was a great fit, but little did I know that I was going to get an entirely different education on how to build out curriculum and programming and assess that curriculum and programming against our KPIs and other goals that we had uh, for the federal grant that we were working under. So that is where more of the program design and training and development portion of my career began to blossom. With that though, you know, people always say that when someone leaves an organization, they don't necessarily leave their job, they leave their manager or their leader. Now I can say that from my last position, I did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We know that that has happened in previous with a lot of other people. And I can say that that was one of the reasons why I decided I needed to look for something new. I didn't have the best senior leadership in that first role. And every time something negative happened in the back of my mind, 
I kept thinking there has to be another way to lead. There has to be another way to communicate effectively to your teams where you don't alienate them or you don't isolate them and you use your position as a leader to really develop and nurture the growth of your team members. So once that grant ended, I knew it was time for me to leave. And I went back to school to get my master's degree. And I did, I did have an emphasis on training and development at that point when I, um, when I pursued my master's degree. And from there, I really was able, in my opinion, to take really intentional steps towards a career in leadership development, where it, I worked in a variety of different industries from financial services. I spent a long time in higher education, but specifically in the realm of professional development for college students and getting them prepared on how to be leaders in their organizations. And then I was able to transition into oil and gas and serve as a leadership facilitator within a oil and gas services company. And then I went to our to our former organization where I was able to transition from what I consider, I always call it front of house type of leadership development and training where I was more of a facilitator and a coach to working in what I consider back of house where I was able to focus more on learning um, strategy, leadership development strategy in my roles at our former organization. So I have had a very interesting arc to my career. I've had, I've been able to not only work in what I consider more stable organizational spaces and environments through those different industries that I've mentioned, but I've also been able to continue coaching and providing consultation services to small and mid-sized organizations in the space of how, of where communication meets leadership development and really training in that area for not only leaders, but for their teams as well. So I've had a really, what I consider to be exciting career arc and, and story. And now I have the opportunity to really apply everything that I've learned in a much more focused and intentional environment um, that I believe really matches what truly means the most to me and really combines what I'm passionate about and what I value with the with the training and the skills and expertise that I've built over time. Oh my goodness. I learned so much that I didn't even know about you just then. I didn't know about the sportscaster dream. I didn't know that. And I would never have pegged you for a quiet shy person ever in your life. So that just surprised me. Um, But I love that you hit on so many things, like the idea of finding your voice, this idea of like leaving a manager and knowing that there's other and better ways to lead out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing that resonated with me most um, was what you just said, like where you find your passion and then that alignment with your skills. So I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into that, if that's okay with you. And so tell me about your current role and how that alignment and that intersection of your skills, plus your values, what that looks like. Absolutely. So my current role, I serve as vice president of learning and development for the Valence community. And Valence is an organization where our mission is to create new paths to success for Black professionals. And This organization is one that I feel blessed that they found me to be able to work with them on what those new paths really look like and how we support Black professionals and emerging Black executives 
in their journeys as um, cultural and business leaders. So when we think, when I think about how my passion meets my skills and expertise, I can say that that passion really grew from a variety of different areas in my life. One being being a black professional and having worked in so many different industries, I've had my own personal experiences with not being considered for certain roles or being or actually fully applying for certain positions and not not being seen as, you know, experienced enough or there was even if I was in a position already having my experience discounted or devalued in some way. So that's the personal side of things. And I've also experienced what it means to be elevated and amplified as a leader in organizations as well. So I have that, I have personally had that comparison. The second part of why I'm so passionate about this is because I think we've seen over specifically over the last 12 months where we're in this watershed moment in society where we're looking at things more so through a lens of equity and justice, not only within our social environments, but within our corporate and other business environments as well. And what are the gaps that we have in equity when it comes to Black professionals as well as other professionals of color? We're also, we're at a day of reckoning or a moment of reckoning where business leaders have to do some internal reflection and ask themselves, have we really done all we can to break down some of the systemic barriers and structures that are in place where Black professionals don't feel they have the same opportunities as their counterparts? And for me, it being in the learning and development and leadership development space, anything that I can do to be a part of the solution is something that I am all in on. And I have been trying to do that in my own way over the years where I may offer a workshop or offer coaching for professionals individually or within the community in some way so that we can level the playing field more for our professionals of color, specifically Black professionals. But when given the opportunity or being presented with the opportunity to work alongside others who hold the same commitment and to this cause, there was an opportunity for me to combine skills and expertise with resources to really provide a space for emerging Black professionals to not only explore their ability to lead, but also be given the platform that they need so that companies and organizations can no longer say that talent doesn't exist. So this is an opportunity for me to, one, demystify <laughs> that, that belief that talent, Black talent isn't out there. Secondly, it's an opportunity for me to be a part of the solution. Like I said before, there are so many things that I think we can think about on a daily basis that will can enrage us, that can create um, moments where we can feel so deflated when it comes to this, this particular issue of equity and justice and equality within the workplace. But to be given an opportunity to be a part of the solution gives me something really positive to work towards. So I'm very excited to be working with this team at Valence to create this space for Black professionals um, to have that community, but also to nurture their growth 
as emerging black executives and again, give them that platform they need so that the companies can see everyone that they have available to them to hire, retain and promote um, to leadership positions. Um, within the next few, within the next few years, it is such important work, and I'm and I um, personally was just so proud of you and so happy for you to when you told us at our previous organization that you were leaving to go do this work because, well, at first I'll just be honest, I was sad <laughs> for us, of course, because <laughs> we love you so much. But um, when I found out what you were going to do, oh my goodness, like, how could you not? And this work is just so important, especially right now. It's been important it's, mm-hmm. and it will continue to be important. But what I love yes. is that there are tangible things that leaders can do and things that we can systematically do to change the future. So can you tell me how Valence does that and how you're doing that with some of the programs that you're developing right now? Absolutely. So I was hired at Valence to really design and launch what we're calling the Bonds community. And Bonds is a membership-based peer community at Valence for emerging Black executives. And we define emerging Black executives anywhere from when you think of title from manager to senior manager level and up, who are on a journey to becoming more senior level business and cultural leaders. And I want to ensure that we really make that distinction because it's not just about leading within your current business environment. We truly are taking a holistic approach to this of how do you lead within every space that you're in. So it's important for us to not just focus on the business aspect of leadership, but we're also looking at how do you lead in your personal in your personal spaces? How do you lead within your community? And how do you lead with a legacy mindset as well? So what are you doing to give back to those spaces that you've been given a platform in? And so the peer community itself is one that will not only allow our members to have a curated curriculum that they that they follow, uh, again, specifically related to them being nurtured as leaders, but it also creates that, that sense of trust and belonging and respect that a lot of Black leaders and emerging Black leaders are looking for. If you look at a recent study that was done by Coqual, or it was formerly known as the Center for Talent Innovation, they did an in-depth report on what it's like to be Black in, in corporate America. And one of the things is that Black professionals have said is sincerely lacking is that sense of belonging in their workspace, that no matter what organization they're in, they don't feel as welcome as their counterparts in those organizations. So for me, as in being in the design phase of this program or this community, I should say, It's really, really important for us to know that if everything else is stripped away, that our members have that sense of community, they have that sense of belonging, and they they feel like they have the the trust of their their peers in their cohorts as well as the broader valence the broader valence bonds community as well. And what do you think that does for a leader and a learning journey like that? Just as a professional learn learning development person and then just as yourself um, being a black executive what does that do giving if you don't have like the psychological safety to learn and be who you are 
in your organization, what will that give you in this peer community? And how is that different? There's so many ways that, so many different ways that people learn, as we know, right? And while we want to be able to tap in to everyone's learning style, having that peer community where you're able to dive deeper into the content, you have a safe space. I always talk about a safe space to fail that is needed when when you are in a period of growth. And so as we're teaching different um, leadership tools and strategies, I want our members to have that safe space to practice and safe space to fail where they are supported by their peers. They're supported by us and their and their coaches that they'll have um, so that they can then go into their work environments with the confidence they need to then deploy those tools and strategies in an impactful way. When you think specifically about the Black professional community, not only do they need that space just to practice, to succeed, and to fail, they also have a different layered, they have, there's different layers and different nuances to the environment they're experiencing in their corporate, in their corporate roles or in their business roles. And there's a lot of, there's a lot that's been researched on the mental stress, the emotional stress that Black professionals experience, not only because of microaggressions and other um, unconscious discriminatory practices that can be present in the workplace, but also because of what we're seeing societally as well. They bring a lot of that mental anguish to work. And a high percentage of Black professionals say they don't feel they have the outlet to discuss what they're experiencing mentally and emotionally, and they have to stuff that down when they're in their work environments. So what this provides, what this peer community provides is that space to be able to talk through the, their emotional well-being and their mental well-being, but also give them the additional tools and strategies that are needed to navigate that, not only in their personal lives, but in their professional lives as well. And that's one nuance that I think is really missing right now of how impacted Black professionals are on a daily basis. Every time they hear a headline, every time they see something that can trigger a trauma response um, within them internally, that impacts their ability to be able to fully function at a highly productive level. So what we want to be able to do is say, it's okay, let's talk through it. Let's give you that space and the support you need in order to process everything that you are experiencing right now, give you the tools and strategies to fully navigate it so that you can be at your best in your professional roles. I love that um, emphasis on safe space, especially because a lot of what companies are doing right now and things that they're offering different professionals and executives exists still within the confines of their company, right? Mm -hmm. And even there, you still might not have that psychological safety. You're always on, somebody's looking at you, evaluating you and all of these leadership development programs, you know how that is. Um, so I love that this is truly a safe space and that it encompasses both at work and community personnel as well. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. One of the one of the more common um, comments that I would hear even in groups prior to me coming to Valence is, can we really say this? <laughs> Will this get back to my boss? Will this get back to my to my senior leadership? And again, as 
I think there are a lot of well-intentioned efforts that are out there in corporate community and corporate communities and spaces. And I love that a lot of organizations have a renewed commitment to providing um, to providing the resources and tools that their that their employees need. So I would all continue to encourage organizations to do so. We also just need to remember the again, like you said, do they do your employees have the psychological safety that they need to be completely transparent and vulnerable? And this is where our community allows them to feel like they can say they can say and process and navigate without fear of any type of repercussion or any type of judgment from those who may be making decisions about their employment, et cetera. So um, it's really important for us to establish that early on and scale trust as quickly as possible within this community so that that safe space is established quickly and sustained over time. Thanks so much for that added context. You also mentioned coaches. Can you tell me more about what the profile of the coaches you have in the program are? So the one of the main pillars, I would say, or main components of the Bonds community are the Vanguard cohorts that everyone will be assigned to. And again, with like with any type of peer community, that there, that aspect is pretty prevalent. Um, with any type of peer community where the cohorts are small, but what we're doing this for, for the first year of the community is providing a Vanguard facilitator or coach. And they are there to really facilitate the conversation and the dialogue around the curriculum that our members will experience in the first year, and then take a deeper dive into some of those areas that we've discussed before. So as we provide content around mental health and resilience or content around, you know, um, say conflict management, et cetera, the coaches are there to really guide that dialogue as well as provide the opportunity for practice and um, practice with their peers. Our coaches are coaches who have specifically navigated this environment themselves as a professional of color and have navigated the nuance of that or have been heavily involved in coaching black professionals or professionals of color and understand the equity lens by through which we are supporting our members of the community. They also have a strong commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. They understand what practice within diversity and equity looks like. And they also understand what it means to remove themselves as and not center themselves in discussion, but really ensure that the members of our community are able to fully express their challenges as well as their as well as their successes in a way that remains authentic, in a way that remains that again provides them the space they need to fully process and navigate. Notice that when it comes to coaches, that is the highest priority <laughs> for us. Of course, they all have a significant amount of coaching experience, not only in number of clients, but years of experience and are well-versed in either formal coaching methodology or have, um, have a proven methodology themselves. But that's not enough for us because of the audience and the demographic makeup of our community. It's really important that the ideas and the concepts 
around diversity, equity, and inclusion are front and center for us um, so that our, again, our members feel that they have, that they're safe in their coaching space. Thank you so much for um, giving me a deep dive on that. And as a just learning professional, I just love the intentionality of the whole program. It's It's just so well thought out and it's just very impressive and really great work that you guys have done to build this program out. And so, and just for such an, like you said, an important way to battle some of the systemic issues with it earlier on in the talent pipeline. Yes. Yeah. So can I dig in a little bit more about your leadership journey? You mentioned the program has to do with, you know, not just your leadership journey as a professional, and I know you and your values, just because I know you and I know you're just very well-rounded in everything that you do. How else do your values show up for you inside and outside of work? Sure. So, well, I think we really touched on how they show up for me inside yeah. of inside of my current role. Uh, and I would say that as I have grown in my leadership journey, those values have become more and more cemented for me. And really everything that I do is, is fully guided by them. So for me, in the leadership roles that I have outside of Valence, I am fully grounded in the lens of equity and justice. And those are things that I hold very dear and that I value, but also ensuring that everything that I do contributes to either the growth and the development of individuals or community. There are three ways that I'm involved in my community right now. The most significant way is I currently serve as president of the National Alumni Board for Texas Christian University. And I began that role in June of 2020. And it's really taken off, I think, in a different direction than we even thought it would. But again, because of what we've been experiencing over the last 12 to 16 months, this was an opportunity for me to contribute in a significant way to my alumni community. And we heard loud and clear that we needed to do more within our alumni community to really provide space for education, awareness and advocacy and action with through the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, we done everything from establish a DEI committee to supporting the race and reconciliation initiative that we have at TCU to creating, continuing the critical conversations within this space through a quarterly table talk series, et cetera. And so for me, I'm really able to ground myself in those values of growth and development and even leadership, because as we are, as we are putting these opportunities out there for our over 90,000 alumni that we have for the university, in some way, shape or form, they are going to experience some level of growth. They are going to, their eyes will be open in one way or another where they can then ask themselves, how do I need to apply what I'm learning in the spaces that I lead in? And so while I may not see direct impact in a lot of in a lot of areas within this role, I can be really confident in knowing that we've had some level of impact, whether it's you know direct or second layer, third layer impact through the work that we're doing through this core committee and other initiatives that we 
um, that we support. The other roles that I'm in are really community-based where I have the opportunity to find projects for, for the community that really address certain challenges and significant issues within Dallas-Fort Worth. And then also have the opportunity to sit on, a, on an impact council where we literally can direct funds to our most underserved area. And so again, I'm able to tie back, you know, how are we distributing these funds and are we looking at, you know, our efforts through an equity lens? Are we looking at our projects through an equity lens? And so, so I'm very thankful that I have the opportunity to lead in those spaces and provide that voice that sometimes can be missing from those tables and say, here's what we have to do in order for us to see a more equitable and just environment for the communities that the communities we serve. Thank you so much for diving deeper on how you do that. And it's like the consistency and the passion that you have around equity and living out your values in so many different ways is just very inspiring, Tracy. Thank you. So how do you, how do you do all of this? And then how, and then something that you and I have talked about in the past and we've, and I've talked about on this podcast before is putting boundaries in place so that you can, you know, live this fulfilled life. So what boundaries do you have in place that keep you energized to do all of this work? So it's funny because that's what I've been working on (laughs) for the last couple of months is ensuring that I do have some boundaries in place. And there are, there are a couple of things that I have to continuously remind myself of and that I actually have a really core group of friends who remind me of this as well is we've all heard that statement of you can't pour from an empty vessel or an empty cup. And I've learned that the hard way where I have just continued to go and go and go. And then I don't have anything left to give for a while. And so I knew something had to change for me when I started this role at Valence and then had the role at TCU and other leadership roles as well. So one of the boundaries that I have set in place is to ensure that I make time for myself. I actually have to schedule that time out. And you and I have talked about this personally, where anyone on my team and within the company can see that for a block of about two hours in the morning, I've scheduled personal things for myself, whether that is time for devotion or meditation or just an opportunity for me to sit, drink coffee, take in the news and just plan my day without having without having meetings attached to those two hours. And it's also very important for me to ensure that I schedule time at the end of my day as well. Because when, especially, and you know this, working through different time zones, et cetera, you can find yourself working with no breaks in between. And I am so thankful that I saw you model this so well at our previous organization because it gave me the confidence and the structure that I needed to establish that for myself um, when I I came to Valence. So that's one of the boundaries that I've put in place. And thankfully, my team and the rest of the organization is, is very um, supportive of that, where I have that time blocked off. And then should we need to meet, et cetera, beyond that time, then we do. The other boundary that I've put in place, and this is something that I've had to ensure that I intentionally do, 
and something that you've reminded me of as well is to take a step back and really acknowledge the small things and celebrate the small things. Um, when you're taking something on as significant as building a peer community <laughs> um, or any type of programming where the framework doesn't exist, you can get so focused on every single task that you don't take the step, you don't take a step back to acknowledge the smaller milestones. And so it's been important for me to not only acknowledge those for myself so that I can give myself that chance to take a breath and say, good job. (laughs) And then really give myself that energy to continue moving forward. This also helps me to ensure I do that with my team as well. Uh, We work, we are small, but mighty, but they have been doing some incredible work. And I want to make sure that I acknowledge them along the way as well so that they stay encouraged and they stay motivated um, to continue doing such incredible work. So the more that I can practice that for myself, the more I'm able to do that for my team as well. And it was great because yesterday I just took one small um, moment to let a team member know in case you didn't, I don't say this enough, you are completely rocking it. And I really appreciate everything that you're doing. And it was a quick, it took me less than 10 seconds to do that, but they just said, thanks so much. That's a great start to my week. You have no idea. So I'm better at doing it for others than I am at doing it for myself. But the practice of doing it for myself, for me, makes it really creates the space and the opportunity and the reminder to do it for my team as well. I love it. And I love just seeing you grow as a leader and like, you know, the modeling, the behavior for your team gives them permission to do it too, which is just such an important thing as you build the culture of your team. Um, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast and it's just such an important topic and you guys are doing such amazing work. How can our listeners find out more about the Bonds program? The first thing that I'll tell everyone to do is to go to valence.community where you will learn all about the valence the Valence community and the organization itself, that bond, the Bonds Peer community is one pillar of what we do. And there are so many amazing ways to get involved. So please go to valence.community. For the Bonds community itself, I would love to hear from any of the listeners and to just send an email to bonds at valence.community where um, we can acknowledge your communication and send you some more information on what the community is Uh, the type of members we're looking for and what that process will be. Wonderful. And we'll put both of those in the show notes in case you didn't get that down. And I just want to extend such gratitude to you, Tracy. I love partnering with you and I know we'll partner more in the future. Thank you so much for joining today and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a show. Editing and support for this podcast is from SNE Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care. Mm-hmm.